With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Conference USA Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Doing this episode a little bit different this week. Uh, my good buddy Eric Henry feeling a little under the weather, so flying solo at the moment. Uh, not too big a deal. Probably be a little bit shorter than uh, most episodes of the show are, as I just don't <laughs> particularly want to talk to myself for longer than I have to, and I'm sure you guys don't really want to hear me do that as much. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the uh, silky undertones that uh, Eric usually provides to the show, but uh, nevertheless, looking forward to uh, examining the week that was in CUSA football with you guys, as well as uh, what's to look forward to this weekend in CUSA. Um, to start off with, let's let's talk a little bit about last weekend's uh, Friday night matchup between BYU and Louisiana Tech. Um, let me tell you something about this Zach Wilson kid on BYU. I absolutely understand why there's so much hype around him in regards to what's ahead of him and, and his future uh, perspective pro career and everything that surrounds that, as well as uh, Gunnar Romney catching passes, seven catches for 101 yards and one touchdown for him in that game. Easy to see why the Cougars are the number 22 team in the country. Um, but obviously, this isn't a BYU show. It's a, a Conference USA show. So we'll talk about Louisiana Tech. They lose this game 45-14. to 14. Not uh, not the best showing we've seen from a Skip Holtz program. But playing so far away from home, playing against a, a team with a lot of uh, prospective NFL guys, um, you know, I think... What you can take away from this game, though, is a decent enough day for Luke Anthony. 18 of 27 under center, 191 yards through the air, two touchdowns and an interception, a QB rating of 65.9. Um, so not an amazing day, but then also Smoke Harris catching three passes for 82 yards and two touchdowns. I think those guys in particular on the offensive side of the ball for the Bulldogs just kind of showed what they're able to do um, against top-notch talent in terms of just making some some big plays there. But um, I don't think this is one you can really dwell on if you're Skip Holtz or the Bulldogs in general just because um, BYU is, is a significantly – higher tier team than I think they're going to face the rest of the way, but uh, certainly some some good experience for those guys. And like I said, excited for Smoke Harris to uh, build on what he was able to do in this game moving forward. With that then, let's talk a little bit about Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. Tops win the 100 Miles of Hate game 20-17 to 17 in that one. Um, I will say another strong day from Asher O'Hara on the MTSU side, uh, 23 of 33 through the air, 217 yards and a touchdown, as well as uh, 25 carries on the ground for 98 yards and a rushing touchdown there. Um, so I think it's just a song we've sung many a time on this show, a great day for, <laughs> for Asher O'Hara and just didn't really get a ton of help from really anybody else on that team, unfortunately. 
Um, but on the Western Kentucky side, they desperately needed this win if they wanted to have any hope of kind of getting back into uh, the CUSA race and establishing some momentum for the rest of the season. Tyrell Pigram, 21 of 36 under center, 188 yards through the air and two touchdowns. Um, really, I think he just was able to step up in the second half of this game and get them in a position where they were able to, um, you know, win this game under pressure because they had to come from behind a little bit. I think they were just uh, playing in a high pressure situation where you're playing against a rival. It's a very close game coming down to the last few minutes and they were able to uh, pull through, um, particularly um, on the offensive side of the ball as well. Uh, Xavier Lane catching a big touchdown from uh, from Pigram late in the first half uh, to tie the game up. But really, a really evenly matched game pretty much all the way through. Uh, Western only outgained MTSU by seven yards. Uh, Western Kentucky just had the one turnover, only had uh, four more, or I'm sorry, three more first downs than MTSU and only held the ball for about three minutes longer. So um, I think for as far as entertainment value is concerned, just a, a stellar game. And um, while both of these teams were in pretty bad shape heading into this one, uh, certainly a step in the right direction for Western and uh, unfortunately for MTSU just uh, further falling down the rabbit hole here as conference play gets into full swing. Shifting gears to CUSA West, we had UAB hosting UTSA. Blazers able to win that game 21 to 13. Uh, Roadrunners of Unfortunately, dealing with the uh, loss of Frank Harris in this one, uh, he did not play due to that uh, little tweak he got to his knee in the uh, previous game. Uh, however, we did see uh, Jordan Weeks step in there, and uh, not a great day for him, unfortunately. <laughs> 7 of 19 for 57 yards and uh, an interception QB rating of 14.3. Uh, as a team, had two other uh Roadrunners throw passes in this game, nine of 25 for just 90 yards through the air. Uh, fortunately for them, they did make up some ground in the rushing game. Sincere McCormick, 22 carries for 150 yards and a touchdown there, um, but ultimately not enough to get past a UAB team that um, really played to the strengths of Bryson Lucero, who honestly had uh, had some shades of Tyler Johnston in this game. 18 to 29 for 195 yards, threw three touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions. So you got to take the good with the bad there. Um, but at the end of the day, the Blazers are 3-1 and 1-0 and 1 and 0 in conference play. Um, so can't be too mad at that. 26 carries for 144 yards for Spencer Brown. He continues his hot run of form. Um, and then for UTSA, I think ultimately they got off to a fantastic start up until this game. And I think if anything, this just shows how critical Frank Harris is to their success, um, especially if they want to make a run at the division title and possibly even the conference title. So uh, he is as of now, a game time decision for Saturday. But coming up on that, it, it, again, this show, this game rather, is just a critical example of how important he is to this team if they want to make any kind of headway in COSA this year. Heading down to Florida, 
We had FAU finally opening their season 21 to 17 against Charlotte. Uh, they begin the season 1 and 0, obviously, while Charlotte drops to 0 and 2 and 0 and 1 in conference play. Uh, Charlotte got out to a 10 point lead early in this game and took that 10 uh, 0 lead into halftime. Um, but then in the third quarter, FAU just really opened things up, scored 21 points, and uh, Charlotte not able to. Uh, make their way back as they just got the one touchdown in the fourth quarter. So that's how we got the final 21 to 17. Uh, Chris Reynolds, 24 of 32 for 314 yards and a touchdown. Um, no interceptions for him. So performed as well as you would hope he could. Uh, Trey Harbison, 17 carries for just 49 yards, but he did get a critical touchdown for them. Uh, Victor Tucker, Man, <laughs> nine catches, 118 yards there. And then, of course, Cameron Dollar adding uh, five catches for 96 yards in the touchdown. So passing game on full display for the 49ers in this one. Credit to Will Healy, but uh, ultimately not enough to beat FAU. Uh, Nick Tronti in his debut uh, of the season for FAU, 11 of 22 for just 98 yards, but through two touchdowns uh, in true FAU fashion. A lot of different people touching the ball there. Uh Tronti also carried the ball 10 times for 94 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, receiving uh, his touchdowns went to TJ Chase and Logan Peterson there. Um, so ultimately, I think what I took away from this is uh, despite everything that FAU was hit with in the summer and in training camp and, you know, in this early part of the season as they wait until uh, week five, I believe this was, to uh, finally get their first game of the season in, um, Willie Taggart had his team ready to go. So all credit to him and all credit to this team and what they were able to do despite being outgained, didn't have as many first downs. Um, and Charlotte held the ball for uh, 15 minutes longer. So I think if anything, this just shows how you know effective FAU is um, while ultimately they didn't really show that in the first half. Um you know, I, I think if there's one similarity that this team showed in this game, I granted it's only been one game under Willie Taggart, but if there's one similar characteristic they have to Lane Kiffin's FAU teams is that they seem to be able to turn it off and on um, kind of at their command, which isn't a great thing. But when they are on, it just shows how talented this team actually is. So excited to see what they do for the rest of the year here. And then to round out last week's slate, we had uh, Southern Miss beating North Texas 41-31 to 31 there. Uh, Austin Ani kind of led the way for UNT in the losing effort, 28-47 for 339 yards and a touchdown. So I think if you can take anything away from uh, UNT here, they really seem to have found their guy at QB1 with, with Austin Ani. So kudos to him for kind of... Uh, leading the pack in that regard. Uh, DeAndre Torrey and Trey Siggers also added rushing touchdowns there. Um, but let's talk about the winning team here in Southern Miss. They really needed this victory. Uh, Jack Abraham throwing for 235 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Frank Gore Jr., welcome to college football. 23 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Darius Mayberry also adding two touchdowns on the ground there. But... Man, I think this is just what we all wanted to see out of a Southern Miss team based on the talent that they have. Um, I think ultimately they, like uh, like FAU, just got hit with every single possible obstacle they could have 
been hit with. And it shows in their overall record, let's be honest. One and three is not really where you want to be uh, come week five of the season. But um, I think this has to be encouraging for them. And hopefully for their sake, they can kind of turn the corner and, and give Scotty Walden some more uh, positive things to put on his resume here moving forward. And, you know, I, th- I really can't speak enough to how fun Frank Gore Jr. was to watch in this game. Um, and it really just, I know it's a cliche at this point, but just showed shades of his dad. Just he is tough. So uh, looking forward to seeing more from him as the season progresses, too. All right. Usually we do sort of a middle segment in this show where Eric and I kind of shoot the breeze about something that's going on within G5 football that particularly uh, piques our interest. But uh, seeing as he's not here at the moment, I (laughs) I mentioned this at the top of the show, but you probably don't want to hear me talk to myself for longer than uh, I I have to to kind of cover the news. So no big deal there, but looking forward to having him back and uh, certainly hoping that uh, he feels better soon. He's feeling a little under the weather. I don't know if I mentioned that, but um, let's dive into week six. We got Western Kentucky hosting Marshall. Uh, Marshall favored by seven in this game. And I think that's fair based on what we've seen out of both of these programs so far this season. I'm not thrilled, (laughs) obviously, as a uh, Western Kentucky uh, follower of, of that program there with what Tyrell Pigram has been able to do so far. It's been a slow start for them, certainly. Uh, meanwhile, at Marshall, Brendan Knox picking up where he left off 223 yards so far in the season. Uh, Grant Wells playing fantastic given the position that he was kind of put in with all the weirdness at quarterback for them over the uh, course of the summer there. But I really think he's going to shine through and get a victory here. Um that game you can find at uh, 7.30 p.m. there on Stadium at uh, 12.30 Pacific, so 3.30 Eastern time. You can find uh, BYU now at number 15 in a, another tilt with the COSA squad and UTSA on ESPN2. Cougars favored by 34.5. And, I mean, look, there's not much to say here. If Frank Harris does play, I think it'll be a little bit better and more entertaining of a game, but ultimately, based on what we've seen at a BYU so far, I don't think it's going to be much different than what we saw them do last week against Louisiana Tech. Uh, Zach Wilson is phenomenal. Gunnar Romney is phenomenal. Um, I think this Cougar team is really something to behold. So I, I recommend catching a little bit of this game on ESPN2 um, just to see this BYU team for sure. I think they're definitely making the most of the fact that you know what half the power five teams aren't playing and i would not be surprised if they had a top 10 finish this year and then at four o'clock eastern on espnu we have fiu hosting mtsu panthers favored by four there um fiu started the season 0-1 i think this is mtsu's best chance for a while to get a win um so really need to make the most of their opportunities there But based on what I've seen out of FIU, um, I know they have talent. I know Butch Davis isn't going to let his team stay down for long. And if you go back to the one game FIU has played so far this year, they played a really good offense in uh, Liberty and kept pace. They only lost by two, 36 to 34. So I think they can really uh, do some damage if, if MTSU lets them get away early. So look for the Panthers to probably do more damage than the uh, over-under here kind of allows. Um, because neither neither of these teams have a great defense right now, unfortunately. But 
both of these teams have some really decent talent on the offensive side of the ball. So look for this to be a fun, high-scoring battle that ultimately I think the Panthers are going to come out on top of. Also at 4 o'clock, we have Southern Miss hosting Florida Atlantic, FIU favored by 2.5 here. Despite what we saw out of Jack Abraham and Frank Gore Jr. last week, I think they're going to both turn in solid games again. However, FAU... I can't overstate what I already said about them. There's so much talent on that offense. And for their sake, they need to be on the entire game in order to contend with the kind of offensive talent that Southern Miss has. So if they want to win this game by more than two and a half, they absolutely need to play a full game uh, as opposed to what they turned in last week, which still resulted in a win. I'll, uh, I'll admit there. But um, I think ultimately this is going to be another very entertaining game. Um, I do think FAU is going to come away with this win, um, but I think hopefully for their sake, they'll kind of learn from what they uh, did last week against Charlotte and um, not wait until the third quarter to turn on the Jets, so to speak. At uh, 7.30 Eastern on ESPN2, Louisiana Tech hosting UTEP. Man, we have three Conference USA teams playing on ESPN2 in one day. Crazy. Um, But Louisiana Tech hosting UTEP. Texture's favored by 14. We talked about it a little bit last week, but UTEP football is off to their best start in like 10 years. So I think they'll keep this game relatively close. But as we talked about, there's some really good players on Louisiana Tech. Skip Holtz has been in a position similar to this before, albeit (laughs) excluding the uh, pandemic stuff. But um, I think they'll get this win. I think UTEP has had the benefit of... um, facing some relatively easier opponents comparatively to the rest of CUSA early in the season. So, um, you know, I think ultimately they're still going to finish with a record that's significantly better than what they have become accustomed to. But I think Louisiana Tech is going to get this game and kind of make up for some of the ground they lost last week against BYU. And then at 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPNU, North Texas hosting Charlotte. Charlotte favored by three. Uh, I will take that. I think Chris Reynolds is playing very well right now. Um, I think ultimately they had kind of the opposite problem that FAU had, obviously. They played a really good first half and then just had a little bit too slow of a second half. Um, Austin Ani, I think, has really kind of found his stride at UNT, but I don't think they're as complete of a team as Charlotte. I think North Texas has some defensive problems lately, Um, but I do think that uh, yet another really entertaining game is going to come upon us here on ESPNU. And then uh, Chris Reynolds, I think, is is just going to have another really solid game, and Will Healy, hopefully, will get his team the uh, first win of the season there. So there you have it. Not ultimately the uh, best episode we've ever done. I'll fully admit that. But uh, considering it was a solo effort and it's like 7 o'clock in the morning where I am right now, uh, I'm pretty proud of myself. So yay to me. But anyway, (laughs) um, uh, if you want to follow myself and my good friend Eric Henry on Twitter, uh, we're at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore and at Eric C. Henry underscore, respectively. And then, uh, of course, check out underdogdynasty.com every day for more G5 football content. We just added uh, a few new writers to the staff who are doing a great job so far. So highly encourage you all to check out all that stuff. Uh, if you're into the Sun Belt, listen to the Sun Belt show. And, uh, of course, subscribe to Underdog Podcast on Apple Podcasts and check us out on Spotify as well. Happy football watching, everybody. We'll talk to you again very soon.